Open your Bible tonight to Genesis 14 for the 19th time. I guarantee you, unless Jesus comes back, we're going to get through chapter 14 and into chapter 15 tonight. Three things we saw in chapter 14. We saw the first war, the first Bible war in history. We saw where Abraham goes up to the north country above Dan into what is now Lebanon or the Syria area, and he got his uh, nephew Lot, that wicked crowd that he run with, and he brought them down and rescued them. We saw that war. And on his way back, the scripture says that Abraham met with a man by the name of Melchizedek. I'm so sorry I messed that up because that is one of the, one of the greatest teachings of the word of God. Because when you understand Melchizedek, you'll understand the book of Hebrews. And if you don't understand Melchizedek, you will never understand the book of Hebrews. Am I, are you hearing me? So tonight, let's look at that, that third thing in verses 21 through 24, the witness. After this meeting with God that Abraham had had with Melchizedek, you remember he was a priest king. He was king of Salem, or where we get the word Jerusalem, uh, means peace. And so he was the king of peace. He was the king of Jerusalem. Aren't you glad one day Jesus came into your life and became the king of peace in your life? And so that's what he's saying here. It's the king of peace. But after that meeting, Abraham is fortified. He's fortified for the temptations that are ready to come for the living God. You see, folks, once you really worship, once you really get tight with God, once you really have an experience with God, get ready because the devil's about to show up. And let me tell you something, when, we, when God gets to working in the church, the devil amps up his troops. He amps up his power. You say, what do we do? We amp up our troops and we amp up our power. Can I get a witness? Because we have some too, remember? We have some too. And so we can see the devil because he knows he has a short time. And so he's like a that dog that's dying. He's biting at everything he can, even though people are trying to help him. He is a, like a wounded animal. And so we see him now uh, as after he had met Melchizedek, had this spiritual experience. First thing Satan wants to do is to knock to Jesus out of Melchizedek, to knock the Jesus out of Abraham, to knock the Jesus out of that worship center. He wanted to get it all out. On the morrows of spiritual victory will cause Satan's counterattack. Jesus, after his baptism, heard a voice from heaven, and the Bible said was led. Now listen to this. Was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. How did Jesus get to the wilderness? Led. Led. So after you have some little trouble in your life, 
When you had something blessed in your life and you have some little trouble in your life, don't get all upset because all that means is is you've accomplished something for Jesus Christ and now the temptation comes. And so that's actually a good thing, not a bad thing here in his life. And so look at verse number 21. He wanted to trade souls for spoils. The king of Sodom said, you know, we've got all the, you've got all these people. We've got all this nice stuff down here. I mean, we've got all kinds of things. Your ladies would like all this. Your men would like all this. Your farmers would like all that. We've got all this stuff here that we got from the trade route and that we brought back from the army. It's where we had taken the spoils and brought them back. And so why don't we just give you some of these things and then you give us your people. Well, folks, that's the way the devil's always operated. You give us your people, we'll give you things. Give us things, and we'll give you the people. That's what the devil is trying to do. He wants to trade souls for spoils. You see, we need to be very wise when we've won a victory, because when we've won a victory, be very wise, because you are going to face a temptation. Sodom wants our people at the expense of its own things. Have you ever noticed that? The devil not only wants us, he wants us to pay for it. Sounds like some Baptists I know, amen? I mean, they they don't want something, they want you to pay for it. They want you to pay for it. Every nerve knows when you go out to lunch with some folks, they don't ever pay for it. They never pay for it. They'll say, oh, I'll get the next one. But the next one comes around. Oh, well, I was going to get this. I'll get the next one. But the next one never comes. How many know somebody like that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way the devil operates. He's going to trade souls for spoil. Satan wants our people at the expense of its thing. Satan will always make this deal. Satan's a dealer. He's a dealer. Give me you, and I'll give you mine. Yeah, I'll give you that nice car if you'll give me you. I, 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 I'll give you, I, I'll, I'll let you run in some circles you thought you'd never run in if you'll give me you. And that's what Satan tries to do. Folks, you better be very, very careful Because when you start trying to build your house on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can be flat sure that the devil will amp up his demons and we need to be ready to face that temptation. Are are y'all sure tonight? I hadn't passed out. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm all right, okay? Okay. Now, you know, it's just, it it starts out very simple. You know, it, it, it... it may say, well, you know, just, it's just children's church, you know, it's okay. We just, just, just leave off, you know, we'll come to Sunday school and just leave off them, leave off children's church and worship because we really need to go to the lake today. We, it's a pretty day. We hadn't had many pretty days, so we need to go. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to trade his things for your soul. That's the way he operates. That's the way he operates. 
He wants you to have your children, your children given over to him so you can give them things. Hey, I'll give them three cruises a year if you'll let me have your kids. Woo, I can get no amens tonight. And say, some young lady said, well, 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 it's just a kiss or two. Oh, 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 just a kiss or two. And why do you think a man, a, a man wants to kiss or two? Huh? You think he does it because he just loves to kiss? Men only learns how to kiss because they have an ultimate goal for something else. I'm just telling you the truth. Well, it's just a little sweet word he speaks in my ear. Just a little sweet word he speaks in my ear. Just a few beers. A few beers won't hurt me. It, 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 it'll be okay. And, and it, it's good. It, 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 it's all right if I just do a little bit here. He said, that's what the devil wants you to do. He says, give me you and I'll give you what I have. Y'all not getting this. You know, marriages is built on different things. We try to reach our kids here at Hillcrest. I hope we always will. Abraham lived by the blessing of God, not the bribery of the world. Why don't you underline that somewhere? Write it in your Bible. Abraham lived by the blessings of the Lord, not the bribery of the world. Don't do it. You see, the devil knows that if he can control women with sex, and he does, just a few words has to be said. Just a few things have to be done. That's all it takes. That's what it takes to have a romantic relationship. That's what it takes to have a relationship. But then they go away and you go away. How many times have you seen them cutting the grass? How many times have you seen them weed eating? How many times have you seen them fixing the gutters? How many times have they been fixing the fences? No, they just get what they want and move on. And there's that old boy down there working his heart out and you're giving the devil what he wants, his stuff, and your soul. And there's that old man, he, he's sitting out there and she's whispering sweet things in his ear. Oh, he loves that. All those sweet little words and, and he knows what's about to happen and what's about. And all of a sudden he gets so excited and when it's all done, said and done, they go their separate way. But when's the last time he saw her with a broom in her hand or washing the dishes or cooking him something good on the stove? He don't see that because the devil said, you give me yourself and I'll give you my stuff. Y'all ain't getting this. Mm. I could preach all night on there. You see, I think relationships ought to be built on commitment because, you see, commitment means that they're still there the next day. 
They'll be there the next night. They'll still be living for God. They hadn't given what's theirs to the devil, and the devil hadn't given them what's his. Don't ever take what the devil offers you. It's wrong. It'll always be gone. Have you ever heard somebody say it something like this? Well, I know, I know, but just one more time. I'm going to quit after one more time. I wonder how many people said, we'll stop this after one more time. And the devil, you gave him who you were and took what he gave you. And he left you in a mess. You see, it follows us the rest of our life. Holy Spirit speaks to us and we just put him off. We're saved maybe, but we just put him off. We don't listen. I don't want to do what the Holy Ghost did. No, 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 no. I, I, I know what he wants me to do, but I'll just put him off and, and it'll go away and everything will be okay. It don't work like that. And so look what happens. He learned in Egypt what happens when the world enriches a man. He said, how do you remember? Remember when he went there and they said, who is this beautiful woman? He said, my sister. My sister. This beautiful, gorgeous woman. Who is this beautiful, gorgeous woman? My sister. Later, later he, he makes other stories up, but he told a lie. You know why? Because he took what the devil offered and gave what the devil wanted him to give. In fact, even the ungodly heathen knew that he wasn't right with God. Isn't that amazing? So let me tell you what will happen when you learn in Egypt what happens when the world will enrich a man. What I mean is, let me tell you what will happen when you go to Egypt, and when you go to Egypt, you find that the world, it, by the way, in the Bible, did you know Egypt always represents the world? Always. Always represents the world. So you're going to find out when the world, Egypt, gives you something, they always take something from you. And here's what the devil tries to do in your life. He'll say, well, you'll say, well, well I, I did what you want me to do. Oh, no, that's not enough. You got to do it again. Oh, that's not enough. No, you got to do it again. Oh, that's not enough. You got to do it again. And next thing you know, you've got chains on your hands and chains on your feet and chains around your neck. Look where Lot went back to. <laughs> Sodom to take what Abraham had turned down to take his place on the city council and the city contracts and the city social functions. He advanced to Sodom's gate. That meant he was a politician, by the way, where he lost everything but his soul. So tonight, think on this while we move on tonight in our sermon. You have two choices to make. The first choice is heaven or hell. The second choice is heaven or earth. You decide, okay? Let's look at Genesis 15. Y'all still okay? I, I, am, I, am I crazy yet? 
All right, okay. Now tell me, Brother Paige, you just say amen, amen, amen three times real fast. I know I'm crazy, all right? Genesis chapter 15, I'm going to talk to you about three things in Genesis 15. First of all, we'll talk about his fear, we'll talk about his faith, we'll talk about his future. The first thing I want you to notice is that there's a secure future of a frightened saint. Do you know that? You can be scared to death and still be as secure as a little lamb in the hands of Jesus. And so he teaches us here how you can have a secure faith even though you are frightened faith. God is going to settle all of Abram's fears as he shows him a secure future. So let's look at it right quick. We'll go as far as we can. First of all, look at this tremendous promise in verses one through six. It it basically gives us his fear. It tells us about his fear. Here, Abraham feared for his safety. Look in verse number one. After these things, the word of the Lord came in vision saying, fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward. He's sitting there saying, man, I done ticked all those kings up north off. We done went up there with 318 men and we've done ticked them all. God, we can't be, we're no match for them. They can get together eight or 10 more and you know how Arabs are. They just keep, they just keep multiplying. And so next thing you know, there's going to be thousands swarming down here and they're going to butcher us and they're going to kill us. What are we going to do? Well, one thing, one with God's enough. He forgot that. He is afraid for his own safety. He is afraid what the battle had done to ignite the fury of the Canaanites. So God settled that, first of all, by the voice of his presence. The word of the Lord came, saying, fear not. And you see, folks, when you get afraid, you know what stops it? His presence. When you just sense the presence of God, that stops that fear. Now, that don't mean that you're not still in trouble. That don't mean that you're not still surrounded by problems. That don't mean that everything's going away, that you want to go away. It just means that in your heart, things is different now because you found safety. You see, we'll shine in his presence. We'll shield him in his protection, and he will supply him with his provisions. God said, don't worry, Abram. You still have me. (laughs) You still have me. Isn't that good? I tell you, there's not too many people in this world I could care less who I have not. I don't know where they stab me in the back. I don't know where they tell me the truth. I, I don't know. I just don't know. The older I get, the less I trust people. The older I get, the less I trust what people tells me. The older I get, I find that way back down the line somewhere there was lies told and lies told here and lies told there. And I find out in churches that you can't, that in churches what you were told years ago now, that's not the way it is at all. Things has totally changed in the church lied so he says first of all I'm going to give you safety because 
I'm going to be there, the voice of his presence. Number two, the victory of his protection. I am thy shield. Mm. Thirdly, the vision of his provisions, exceeding great reward. Perhaps Abraham had considered it. Listen, listen, wouldn't you consider it? Listen, here you're coming back. You've been fighting. You're not a warrior. You're not an army. You're a farmer. You're not used to fighting. You're not used to having to have blood and gore around you. And here you come trudging back down towards your home place and you're bloody, bloody and you're tired and you wore out and you say, and here's the king of Sodom comes running out to get you and says, thank you for going and getting our boys. Thank you for getting our city. Thank you for saving our city. Now I want you to pick out what you want. Anything you want, you can get it here. Wouldn't you think about it? Oh, come on, don't act so spiritual. I'm talking to you. Y'all ain't that spiritual. Wouldn't you think about it? Let me ask you something. Every time you drive by, every time you drive by uh, the, 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 the motor company and there's that exact truck that you've been wanting, don't it just make you think about it? You can't afford it. You know you can't afford it. It'll put you over your head in debt. It'll make it hard on your family. It'll mess things up. But the devil has offered you something that you wanted and you have took it and hurt your family rather than obeyed God. Whew, I didn't mean to get off on all this stuff. But be careful, that's how you operate. Okay, let me sit, do the second thing. Let's do it quick, okay? I got, oh, I got plenty of time, gracious, goodness. It's just 10 after 7. I, I guess I miss <laughs> his fear. Secondly, Abraham didn't just fear for his safety. Look at verse 1. Abraham feared for his seed. Now, here's where this gets interesting. Here's where this gets interesting. Look at verse number 2. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my host is this Eliezer of Damascus. Eliezer, as it's pronounced in some places, Eliezer is how it's actually pronounced, Eliezer. He said, I've got him. He's here, he's a servant, he, he would work. I mean, it's not the ideal thing, but it would work. We could get it done with him. And so Abraham feared for his seed. Now, if I was 99 years old, I'd be fearing for my seed too. I'd make me a bunch of money, I know that. I'd be on Fox in the morning. I'd have a fund set up in our name. But Abraham, Abram's fear now was concentrated not on his safety. Look, look here. Now he's forgot about his safety because God's fixed that up. Why? Because God has manifested his presence. When God manifests his presence, you're not afraid anymore. 
So the fear is gone, but now he's got a problem. Now he's afraid because he's not going to have the seed that he was promised that God was going to give him. God, what about this seed? Well, Abram's fear now concentrated on this safety, this seed, and he's praying Basically, where is your promise, God? You promised to give us a seed. You promised to give us a seed line. And by the way, from this point on, remember I told you a few chapters ago, from this point on, all we're going to see in the Bible is the seed line of the Messiah. Don't try to find a bunch of other junk in there. It's not there. He just follows the seed line of the Messiah. Y'all believe that? That's what he does. And so in verse number two, he, he was basically saying to God, you know, time's running out on Sarah and, and you know, my, my biological clock's just about broke. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. God's will must be done and fulfilled in God's way and in God's time because we need to learn this lesson. Listen. Why does God wait so long on fulfilling his promise to us? Let me tell you why. Warren Wiersbe said this many years ago. I wrote it down, not forgotten it. This is what he says. God was waiting for them to be as good as dead so that God alone would receive the power and the glory. Woo, I like that. Now you say, why is it good? Because when you get over in the, book of, uh, get over in the New Testament, the book of Romans, y'all know where Romans is at? Romans chapter four, verse number 19, look what it says. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. In other words, at 99, he hadn't brought forth nothing. His body's dead. In other words, he cannot produce a child. Nothing's coming from him. All the kids that he's going to have been born, look, he's as good as dead when he was about 100 years old, that's a nice age to raise a child, amen? <laughs> and when he was 100 years old, neither yet, listen, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's saying, listen, God, it's just not gonna work. Nothing's working. And listen to what verse 20 says. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, here's what you see. And being fully persuaded. Say it with me. Being fully persuaded. Let's say it again. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Listen, folks, God did it this way so. He took a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman and they consummated and had a child and nobody could say in the OB, that's natural. 
No, no. They had to say that's supernatural. That's supernatural. Help me tonight. You see, God let it go down to the wire because he wanted folks to honor him in this matter. He wanted folks to know this was God's doing. You can read some more about it in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses 11 and 12, but I hadn't got a chance to go there. But I'm going to close with this. Let's look at Abraham's compromise. Compromise usually comes out of fear and frustration and stalemates or dead ends. So you start looking for alternatives. When, when you get backed in a corner and it looks like the only way out is compromise, you start looking for ways out, right? Even though we have the promise that God, that God has told us that he will not allow any temptation to come up on us, but he will not allow a way to escape. In other words, God will never put you anywhere that he can't get you out of without sinning. So here it comes. Start looking for the ways to help God out. Look at verse 2 through 6. Go back to Genesis. Verses 2 through 6. Genesis 15. Let's start to say 14. Been there so long. One thing about it, we know Genesis 14, don't we? Don't you know something? He goes back and compromise usually comes out of fear and he starts looking for ways to help God out. Bad deal, bad mistake. You you don't look for ways to help God out. What in the world, how much wisdom, what in the world could you tell God that he don't know? But Abraham said, I'm 99 years old. I guess I better help God out. I guess God's forgot some things, so I got to fill in the details for God. And so look what he said. Abraham said, Lord, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of his house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and no one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord shall come to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels. Shall he be thine heir? He's changing things just a little bit here, right? He's trying to make it fixed like God, like there's a loophole here. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. And tell the stars if thou be able to number them like God couldn't. (laughs) It's amazing to me how dumb we are. God, let me take you outside. Look up here at all them stars. You think you can count them? Well, I created them. And the Bible said I named them all. And Abraham's dumb enough to go out and ask God about the stars. That's a pretty dumb move, you know. I bet you when Abraham got to be, be if he got to live a little bit longer, I begin, I be, he began to think about that, and he thought, that was a stupid thing I just did. 
took God out and showed him his own stars. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's like me going and saying, come here, I want to show you something. I want you to see this great suit. Fits me wonderful. It's my suit. You can't have it. And so here he comes. And look, and he brought him forth abroad and said, look now and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And said to him, so shall thy seed be. Uh-oh. Where are they at? All those stars, thousands of them, millions of them, all those stars, you say my seed's going to be like that. And then here I'm sitting here, an old man, 99 years old, and I don't have a, ba- I don't have a baby. My wife's old. She don't have a baby. How is this going to happen? And so verse 6, for people who believe salvation is by anything other by faith, better read verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now I'm going to close because I, I, I have to do it. I'll come back next week. But look, look, what that means is Abram at 99 years old, he didn't know how God was going to do it. He didn't know how God was going to fix it out. Listen, he said, he believed God. He believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. That means all the righteousness that God had over here is put over here on Abraham's side. Now, does Abraham live that kind of life? No. Does Abraham, is he sinless? No. Can Abraham live anywhere close to the Lamb of God? No. But here's what Abraham could do. Believe God. That's why I believe the gospel has been preached ever since this book has been written. God has made a way for people to come by the way of the cross. He believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness.